welcome back to another episode of Self-Respectless. I am your host, Lindsay Ray Brown. I almost forgot my name. Oh my goodness. Today I woke up with the debilitating realization that I forgot to uh, record a Christmas episode and it is the week of Christmas and the podcast is supposed to be coming out tomorrow. So I am recording this little ditty on the fly. It's not a ditty, I realize that. I'm just a little frazzled this morning, so bear with me, okay? Please. Uh, You may hear my children in the background. It is uh, the winter break, and they are home at this current juncture. Also, another uh, point that I should be making is that I am not recording in my regular recording space, So the quality may be a little off at this time. I'm not recording in my regular space because my children at the moment are sleeping downstairs and I do not want to wake them up with my weird stories. My recording space is in the basement in a small room and As per my uh, previous concerns, it is not soundproof. So I guess what I'm trying to say is I am terrible at making recording, well, recording. (laughs) Oh my God, this is so ridiculous. I'm terrible at making recording studios and also... I can't plan things very well. Okay, on today's episode, I wanted to do some Christmas tales for you because it is Christmas week, but upon looking through all of my articles, apparently I have never written a story about Christmas before. I scoured my backlog and there was nothing there. So instead, I have decided to read you a story about uh, house parties and why they are the worst. Because typically around the holidays, we host a lot of uh, house parties and like As long as it's safe, let's just put that in there with our pandemic going on. So as long as it's safe, we usually are hosting um, house parties. And, uh, you know, they're sort of the worst because then you're stuck at your own house with people. And that's always the worst. And then also, uh, when we're, it's holiday season, there's a lot of, Uh, shopping going on, last minute gift buying, and sometimes some people are mega buttholes to customer service people. And so my second story is going to be about how to not be a mega butthole to someone that is standing behind a register. 
but we will start off with some vocal warm-ups and it will be fantastic. Let's get on with the show. If you understand, say understand. If you don't understand, say don't understand. But if you understand and say don't understand, how do I understand that you understand? Understand? That one wasn't as hard. It was pretty easy. I'm getting amazing at these things, obviously. I'm not a pheasant flucker. <laughs> that was terrible right off the bat. I'm not a pleasant. <laughs> I'm not a pheasant flucker. No, I can't say that. I'm not a pheasant plucker. I'm a pheasant plucker's son. And I'm not, no, and I'm only plucking pheasants till the pheasant flucker comes. <laughs> oh my god. It's terrible. Uh, a skunk sat on a stump and a, the stump thought the skunk was stunk. <laughs> oh my god. I'm so bad at these this morning. It's too early, I think. Okay, let's try this one. Silly Sally swiftly shooed seven silly sheep. The seven silly sheep, silly Sally shooed, shilly shallied south. Shilly shallied. I like that. These sheep shouldn't sleep in a shack. Sheep should sleep in a shed. Ugh, that was... I didn't like the, uh, the beat of that one. A twister of twists once twisted a twist. A twist that he twisted was a three-twisted twist. If in twisting a twist, one twist should untwist. The untwisted twist would untwist the twist. That's obviously the best one that I could have ever said. Uh, it was flawless. And for that, I am grateful. Uh, one more. This is the last vocal warm-up, and then we shall get on with the show. There was a fisherman named Fisher who fished for some fish in a fissure till a fish with a grin pulled a fisherman in. Now they're fishing the fisher for Fisher. <laughs> oh, I did it. I did it. Okay, let's get on with the show. This is how I'm going to talk forevermore. No, I'm just kidding. That's not how I'm going to talk forevermore. But I am going to start the story now. And it is called The 15 Stages of Waiting for Your Guests to Leave Your Party. Written by an antisocial. Ah, the wonders of having a house party. 
Back when we were youngins, the idea of having a house party when our parents were out of town was exciting. Possibilities abound. We'd invite a small group of people who would invite their own small groups of people by extension. Before you knew it, your parents' home would be flooded with strange teens going through your mother's medicine cabinets looking for prescription drugs along with extra strength Tylenol to snort. Nowadays, the idea of a house party is a bit different. With so many years of partying behind us, we sort of dread the idea of people hanging around our dog and freshly scrubbed floor. And the absolute worst part of having a house party in your 30s is waiting for your guests to leave. 5 p.m. Guests arrive right on time. You wonder, who the hell do these people think they are not being fashionably late? I said five, but what I really meant was six. I haven't even got the spuds in the oven. 6 p.m. Everyone else shows up. You are disappointed with the lack of wine hostess gifts. You really thought more people would bring you bottles of wine for hosting such a soiree. 7 p.m. Talk of politics begins around the dinner table. You are not pleased with this turn of the conversation. As Brad talks about why he thinks Trump actually did an okay job, a tiny voice in your head screams, when are these people going to leave? 7.30 p.m. You've just finished piling food into your craw and get up to put your dish in the sink when you realize that most of your guests still aren't even halfway through their plates. What's the holdup? How long does it take these people to eat roast lamb? 8 p.m. You beg off, feigning that you have to put the kids to bed and leave your hus husband to play host for a little while. He can damn well hold his weight around here. 8.15 p.m. You're hiding out in your daughter's room looking at her hundreds of llama drawings you've never taken much interest in before when your spouse comes downstairs and asks if you're going to be this antisocial for the rest of the night. 8.30 p.m. As you sit quietly listening to stories about the good old days, you wonder why you didn't let Janet have the party at her house. Then at least you could have left when you wanted to rather than being held hostage in your own goddamn home. 8.45 p.m. It was the wine. The idea of the wine hostess gifts allowed you to pull the trigger when asked to hold this event. Well... That backfired now, didn't it? 9 p.m. You start nonchalantly yawning and looking at the top of your wrist, even though there is no watch there. 9.10 p.m. Nobody notices your subtle hints. 9.30 p.m. Your extremely social husband continues to talk about things that nobody cares about. Except everyone in the room does seem to care about them and continues to add and elucidate on conversation points, making you wonder if this hellscape of a night will ever end. 9.30 p.m. You've drunk one and a half bottles of wine to yourself. This is a problem because now you are feeling extremely drunk and still not very social. You assumed that the liquid courage would help in your hostess woes. 
But woes do not disappear that easily, as we all know. Woes are everlasting and eternal. Woes are irrevocable. Woes are wineproof. 9.45 p.m. You are sitting in your living room, a once beautiful sanctuary of peace and solitude. Your head is swaying back and forth, trying to focus on what Becky Everstein is telling you about her new St. Bernard puppy. You don't give a shit about Becky Everstein's new drool machine. Just like your swaying body, you bob between the idea of vomiting or passing out on the arm of the couch and not giving a flying you-know-what about what everyone thinks. 10 p.m. That beautiful, unthinking bastard of a husband of yours has decided to take all seven of your guests downstairs to give them a full tour of his scale model museum. This turn of events leaves you sitting alone with an empty glass of wine and wondering what you will do now. 10.05 p.m. But then it comes to you. This is actually a blessing in disguise. The time has come. You will do what you do best, whether at your own party or someone else's. You will give yourself the kindest option possible. You will be your own hero tonight as you quietly remove yourself from the couch and tiptoe to the bedroom while ignoring the idea of brushing your teeth because that will take too much time, damn it! You say your silent goodbyes to your guests. The Irish goodbye. And yes, you realize that's an outdated and perhaps insensitive term, but you know what? You're drunk and also half Irish, so it's probably okay. This method is the unsung savior of all antisocials on the planet. So high praise from this hostess. Okay, so I can't remember if I've ever mentioned this to you guys before. Uh, I used to own a sandwich shop with my husband. Uh, it was called the Hotwire Panini. And yes, the name may be confusing if you don't know what a panini is. It's a pressed hot sandwich. It is surprising to me how many people do not know what a panini is. You know, actually, okay. A panini is actually means like a small loaf of bread originally, but in today's modern society, we think of a panini as a um, press sandwich. So again, there was a lot of confusion over the name and it was, it was a whole situation. So yeah, moral of this tiny story is think about your business names long and hard because you will get backlash from all sorts of people when it comes to the name of your business. Anyways, in that business, I came across a lot of dickwads and I came across a lot of great people too, but no, I'm not going to lie, there were a lot of dickwads as well. 
And so um, I understand firsthand how the holiday season can be very stressful for customer service people because shoppers are stressed out, they have no money because they've spent all of their remaining dollars on useless gifts and stocking stuffers for people and the recipients of these useless gifts will use the gift once and throw it out and that is a very depressing uh, thought for potential gift givers so obviously it's a high stress time and the problem is a lot of these people that are stressed out and trying to shop, they take their frustrations out on the stranger behind the register. And as someone that has been behind that register many times, it sucks. So without further ado, I will read to you how to stop being a jerk to customer service employees step-by-step instructions for those who have never worked behind a cash register. Ah, the joys of customer service. I suppose this vocation needs no real introduction because we've all taken part in such means of work. Except maybe that's not true. Maybe there is a portion of the human race who have never had to take the order of a middle-aged woman who sincerely believes she is better than you solely due to which side of the counter she is standing. Perhaps you've never had to clean up after a bratty four-year-old that keeps dumping his sippy cup all over the table while maintaining stern eye contact with you from your vantage point behind the cash register. Correct me if I'm wrong here, but I feel like it everyone knew what it was like to work at customer service, there wouldn't be as many delusional, demanding, and downright rude customers out there. So here is my passive-aggressive attempt at rectifying the many woes of my fellow customer service cohorts. How to stop being a jerk to customer service employees. Greet back, you loathsome creature! When entering a business location, if greeted, it is wise to greet back in a friendly slash polite manner. This has and always will be the social norm. I cannot think of any situation where it would physically or emotionally harm you to reply to your customer service representative with a pleasant hello of your own. I shouldn't have to explain this. When one does not greet back, It is awkward and makes everyone feel weird and uncomfortable. This leaves the greeter in question to conclude that they must be in the presence of a total chode monster. Don't ask stupid questions. Do not, under any circumstances, ask the person behind the register if anything is good here. It's an entirely stupid question. I'm not sure what you expect the answer to be, but in pretty much every scenario, they're going to tell you the product is good. Even if it's some little shit employee, they aren't risking their job to tell you all the gruesome truths and corporate secrets of the establishment. Sorry to break it to you, but nobody is going to think twice about spewing out some rehearsed line like, of course it's good, everything's good here at Daisy Duke's Dildo Shack. 
save everyone a lot of weirdness and judge for yourself. If you are a salesperson, know your audience. Do not, I repeat, do not go into an eatery during the lunch slash dinner rush to inquire about anything other than eating right then and there. No, they do not want to hear about your cutting edge new knife product. No, they are not interested in your organic vegetables. And no, they cannot give you a minute of their time. Why do you ask? Because they're balls to the wall busy with people who are spending money at their establishment. Try again in the downtime or don't. Nobody cares. Stop valuing people by their job title. Do not treat a cashier any differently than you would treat the owner of a business. Plain and simple. I shouldn't have to explain this one either. Do not assume you know more about the business than they do. Many of us like to talk about eating and shopping locally. It's great. It's actually fantastic because it is a community-minded way to be. I applaud you for that. The thing is, when you shop or eat locally, that often means you are doing so at a tiny mom-and-pop business. Sure, they may have fantastic food, and yeah, I bet every lunch hour when you go in there, they're hopping busy. That doesn't mean that they can afford employees. Just know that the last 10 customers probably said the same, looks like you need to do some hiring, spiel. Being a small business is difficult, man. If you haven't seen the financial books for said business, it is safe to assume you should not offer snarky comments for the establishment. Shit happens. Sometimes businesses run out of stock. Please don't argue with the staff about it. If they are out, they are out. No amount of, well, this is ridiculous, will change that. Not all heroes wear capes. Be that hero today. If you notice a customer in front of you being a right old bag of dicks to the cashier, please, by all means, say something. It is your business as a human being to stop the blatant verbal abuse that customer service people endure daily. Be the difference. Show solidarity. If you're sort of shy and non-confrontational, that's okay too. Once the cashier has moved the smack tard on his way, show the person behind the till some solidarity. Roll your eyes and say quietly, what a jive-ass turkey that slime ball was. And then promptly pull yourself out of the 1970s and continue on with your day. In conclusion, heed these words, my friends, and know that out there somewhere, a retired front desk associate is wearing an Avengers shirt that is two times too small and bottling up karma, watching and waiting. In other words, the bad karma's a bitch, and she's coming for ya. Well, this brings us to a close for another episode of Self-Respectless, and I am so pleased that I was able to squeeze in a 
Christmas segment because it is Christmas week and we are so thankful for that. Um, every Christmas when I was younger, my brother used to sneak into my room early in the morning, like I'm talking four o'clock in the morning, and he'd creep up to my bed and he'd stick his face close to my face and then he'd scream whisper, Lindsay, it's Christmas, it's Christmas. And his little lispy voice would wake me up and I wouldn't even be mad because I was just excited that Santa had arrived. It was a magical time. And now I imagine him every Sunday slash Monday because I am not very good at publishing on an exact day. He wakes up and rolls over to his wife, Ashley, and says, Ashley, Ashley, Lindsay's recorded another episode of Self-Respectless. And I think that that's definitely what happens. And it's like, it's his Christmas present every week that he gets to listen to his sister's voice on this podcast. And, you know, I just, I can't take all the credit, but I will for giving my brother this much joy. So uh, with that, I will leave you. And I hope that everyone has a magical holiday season. Um, make sure to check out medium.com for my writing and so many other amazing authors on that platform. You can just have hours and hours of endless reading enjoyment. There are some shit nuggets on Medium as well, but you know, you win some, you lose some. But overall, there's a lot of great work there. So definitely check out the link in the podcast details. And I just hope that everyone has a fantastic Christmas and holiday season. It's a magical, magical time of the year. This outro is getting more and more difficult to record every time I try to record it. It might be a, this might be one of those shit nuggets I was talking about earlier. Okay, that's it for me. Goodbye, and happy holidays one and all! Bloopers! This is the bloopers. Ah, the joys of customer service. I suppose this... That did not sound right. (laughs) So here is my passive-aggressive attempt at rectifying the many woes of my my follow... This is an insanely difficult read, and you wouldn't think it would be. If you're the sort of shy and non-confrontational person, nope, that was not correct. 
when my brother and I, okay, <laughs> I just started talking there. Uh, okay, <laughs> no. <laughs> this is so stupid. Um, also, uh, yeah, no, no, I think that that's probably, that's probably it. Is I'm rambling on. I'm gonna have to, I know, I'm definitely gonna have to uh, record a new outro here. This is not, <laughs> this is not. This is not what I was looking for. <laughs> ¶¶